0: Welcome to Jim Galliano's Building a Better Web Presence podcast. Build something better with less moving parts, less overhead, and less headaches. Hey everyone, this is Jim Galliano. Thanks for joining me for this week's podcast episode. This week, today, I'm recording this episode in the midst of a hurricane threat, so I'm going to have to cut it short, unfortunately. This should be the shortest recording I've made this year. So I'm recording early in the day. And for those of us who have lived in Florida a long time, this is something that, believe it or not, you get used to over time. I arrived here back in 1993, and I, I missed the worst hurricane of all. I remember coming here in 1990 on a brief vacation, and back then a lot of the damage was still visible from Hurricane Andrew, which was a Category 5 storm, probably the worst to ever hit this state in modern history anyway. And that the damage that was done from that was incredible. But since that time, other hurricanes have come through, and there have been a few bad ones. But I would say that this state now, in 2022, is better equipped to handle this kind of thing than ever before. All of the protocols are in place. A lot of things that... the uh, past iterations of Florida didn't have, we have today. So I'm not really worried about anything. Now, I do live outside of a flood zone, so I do have a completely different mindset than I would have if I lived in a flood zone, because there's really nothing that you can do except in a flood zone build high, or if there's no way to you know modify where your house is located as far as height-wise, um, then You have to take all of the things off the floor and put them on tables. I know some people put scaffolding. They have it available. They set it up to get things that are valuable off the floor in case flooding does uh, happen. So, And where I come from, it was the same thing back up in the Jersey Shore. I remember times where there would be certain areas that would just flood really badly, depending on the storms that came through there. They were called nor'easters up there. And I remember one in particular, this was back in the 1980s, where the water inside a lot of the homes near the beach area was probably about halfway up the wall. And so everything in the whole homes would be destroyed and everything in them. Because when you had that kind of a a flood, there's really nothing that you can do. Water can do an incredible amount of damage. Thankfully, also, we have a new uh, roof on our house. It was just put up less than I would say, uh, seven months ago. So six, seven months ago. So, so anyway, yeah, you know, sometimes flooding is just a matter of blocks. You can see on sometimes these, um, topography maps where they have like the yellow and, uh, green, yellow, and red. And depending on how much, um, how bad the flooding is, you would have to have a mandatory evacuation or not. And we just live at the edge of that where, if it got to be really bad, I mean, it would have to be historically bad for us to ever be evacuated, like a storm that was just off the charts. And I, I would say that usually if a storm that big came through anywhere, most people would li- uh, would leave. So, all right. Well, before we continue today's mini episode, it's brought to you by the Digital Strategist Newsletter, which if you don't have it, you can go ahead and get it right now. It's available at jimsnewsletter.com. This is my free monthly newsletter. I think you'll really enjoy it. I enjoy writing it each and every month. So go ahead and sign up for it if you haven't already at jimsnewsletter.com. All the back issues are available there as well. You can browse through those. You don't have to subscribe to do that. And this episode is also brought to you by OneToManySystem.com. This is the marketing system that I teach to my own clients that you can use to transform and grow maybe what up until now may have only been a service-based business that you have. So when you're, finally, when you're finally at that place where you hit a wall, you're not growing, and you recognize that there just aren't enough hours in a day to do what you want to do, you'll be ready for the free training that's available at OneToManySystem.com. Today I want to talk about, very briefly, creating unexpected value in today's marketplaces. The other day, I saw a video in which they were comparing the past to the present. And the guy that made the video, a very popular YouTuber, did a really good job. I forgot his name. It was a funny kind of sounding name. But uh, he was talking about and showing video clips with how people used to dress in public. And then comparing that with how people dress today. Here in America, I don't know if it's like that. In I'm sure it's that same way in all of North America. Canada <clears throat> maybe not so much in Europe I don't know because I don't live there or I don't know how things have changed there because I don't have anything to compare it to but if you watch old films and you see what cities of old look like during the 20s 30s and 40s that's a good example you'll see that people were uh, dressed up they were just well just to go to the store they had hats jackets ties oftentimes that was considered just casual if you watch the if you look into the audience, for example, uh, an old Yankee game at Yankee Stadium or even an old football game over in the UK somewhere. You would see that how the people were dressed in the stands. It's nothing even close to the way we dress today. Hats were in vogue back then. Um, most of the women seemed to wear dresses. And everything was different. Nothing was really informal. There was more of a, form, a formal feel to just about everything. And then the products of the time were much different also. In one way, we can look at them and compare them to now and say, oh, all of those things were crude, but they were styled much differently. Much more effort was put into appearance in that time. There was a lack of clutter. That was another thing that I saw that was kind of interesting. If you look at a main street in a big city back in the 20s, 30s, and 40s. You'll see how everything was very, very pristine as compared with today, where unfortunately you have like homeless people just sleeping on the sidewalk and nothing against the homeless people, of course. I guess they're there because they have nowhere else to go. I don't think anybody would willingly want to sleep in front of a store. That's not the point. The the point is how things have changed and not for the better. And when you look at the comparison of what happened. Because, I mean, the 1920s, yeah, that was 100 years ago. The 30s, the 40s, the 50s. But in the in the scope of human history, that really isn't that long ago. When you see how far things have uh, slid, have slided in the wrong direction. You know, uh, the cars at the time. If you look the way some of the cars were designed. A lot more Emphasis was put into the detail of the design, almost like the designers of the automobiles of that time put more effort into the overall appearance of the vehicle. Whereas if you look at the vehicles of today, I mean, in some instances, they just look like, um, you know, small boxes on wheels with uh, curved edges, even the sports cars if you compare the sports cars of today <clears throat> excuse me to the sports cars of let's say the 70s then again you see that there's quite a difference in the style it's tough sometimes to if something goes by quickly to even know what exactly what make and model that was unless it's something that you see each and every day because things just look so so similar a few months ago Lori was invited to the uh, house of a uh, famous actress from the 1970s. I'm not going to go into the names here, but uh, especially being that I didn't get her permission to tell the story. She's not here right now. But um, this actress and her husband lived in this huge home, and it was built about 20 years ago. And Lori was telling me that the house was already falling apart, a house that was built, a mansion that they spent millions of dollars for built 20 years ago was aging maybe five to 10 times as fast as a house that's still standing here that was built 60 years ago. Isn't that interesting? In other words, these homes, regardless of price, weren't built to stand the test of time. Not even close. She said the materials that were used are so cheap and are right now in homes being built regardless of how much, what the price tag is on the home. Regardless of how much you spend, it seems that overall, things aren't as good as they used to be. Now, I'm not saying this as a, as a downer. I'm just saying this as a reality check. Because again, uh, before we wrap this up today, I want to focus on creating unexpected value in in today's marketplaces. Because I don't really think that people's expectations are very high anymore. So I'm just using home building as an example. Uh, oh, and we could talk about almost anything, I think. Um, Now, again, people I know, they remodel houses built 50 and 60 years ago because the foundations are sound. And again, these homes were built to last. But if you look at some of the newer homes, the homes of today that are built now are just going to be teardowns 20, 30 years from now. The other day, my friend and I went out to have lunch together. He owns a repair shop And I asked him, because this subject came to mind, I said, do you think the cars of today are better, the same, or worse than they were, let's say, 15, 20 years ago? And without hesitation, he said worse. Now, I expected him to think about it for a minute, because it seems to me that the cars of today last longer, the motors last longer than they did in the past. And while it's true that maybe the motors do last longer because they're built, arguably better, the motor itself. There's everything else that goes into the making of a car beyond just the motor. I mean, think about how many other repairs of things connected to that motor, built around the motor, that make up make up a vehicle. And one one of the things he told me, I said, "Well, just give me an example why you say worse," and he said. Everything is designed, maybe the motor itself aside, but everything attached to it is designed to wear faster today. He said, for example, vehicles used to have grease fittings that could be lubricated to extend that particular part's life. With today's vehicles, the grease fittings have been completely removed. And then I said to him, if you had to recommend a make or model of car today, To, let's say, your son or daughter, what would you recommend as far as longevity goes? And he said that most definitely he would recommend a Japanese-made vehicle over an American-made vehicle. But he said even those are not being built as well as they used to be. And I said if you had to pick one model, one Japanese uh, type of vehicle, what would you say and he said basically anything in the toyota family is built a little bit better and he's not even talking about head and shoulders above but he's talking about just a little bit better with longevity in mind as compared to the others so now some people call this planned obsolescence if you're over 40 i'm sure you that you've realized that even the clothes that you're buying today aren't lasting as long as the clothes you bought, let's say, 20 years ago. The expensive options that are out there aren't necessarily built or made that much better either. That old saying that you get what you pay for is no longer true in every single case. Now, of course, this doesn't apply to 100% of everything that's out there. There are still very good, high-quality products. There are still companies that offer above-average service, but it seems like they're getting fewer and farther in between. I'm saying all this because As a business owner, you can choose to be an outlier. I mean this in a good way, in whatever market you're in. And I'm I'm sorry to say this, but I know that in my own marketplace, in the digital space, the bar today is set fairly low. Most freelancers and subcontractors provide a subpar experience in the marketplaces of the 2020s. Honestly, let me ask you. What do you think about the customer service you experience on average as a customer today? Not as a business owner, but just as someone who experience, experiences customer service from day-to-day day or week-to-week. Week. We're all out there. We all buy different things. We all purchase products and services. What would you say on average on a scale of 1 to 10, the average experiences customer service, what is it like? Do you find that the average person you deal with is knowledgeable and well-trained? Well, I mean, we could be talking about anything here. We could be, because we all make purchases of uh, one kind or another, and we make them all the time. So what has your experience been like? Of course, you know, there's still places that you can go to today where the overall experience is above and beyond like 90 to 95% of everything else that's out there. I'm sure there's still places that you could shop where there's personalized attention that you'll receive and that the people that you're you're asking questions of, they're well trained and they know the answers. And even if they can't give you whatever you need to solve your problems, they can steer you in the right direction. There's still employees that go above and beyond. I know personally, a few doctors who still call their patients at home and ask how they're doing after they've gone through certain procedures, they'll call them several days later just to check in on them and that's part of how they do business. But I think on a subconscious level, we've all lowered our expectations in a lot of ways and we've done so without even realizing it. Now in a time when everything is replaceable or I'd say just about everything, as far as the things that we buy and use and nothing is really expected to last, how do we change our businesses or how do we do business to be the exception to what seems to be becoming more or less the rule. I know even the socks that I buy wear it seems twice as fast as they used to. First, I thought, well, maybe it's me. Maybe it's the activities that I'm doing. But I really don't think I'm doing anything above and beyond what I did before. If anything, I'm doing less. And then I went online to order these socks again. And a lot of people were complaining. I've used these kind of socks. They're called gold, gold toe that's the brand i think or that's what they're called but a lot of people were complaining about the same thing how these socks are just they don't wear the way they used to and they're not as good they're made with cheaper materials and and it was kind of a relief when i when i read that i knew it wasn't just me you know unfortunately when you start seeing things that are negative and then you start seeing some more things that are negative then unfortunately sometimes all you can see is negative and you kind of have to make an effort to see, see something positive. So um, when I first thought about this for myself and how I could apply this to my own business, my thoughts immediately went to the product first. I thought, how can I make a product that meets a higher standard? Uh, I'm talking about the quality of the product. Even if it's a service, I'm labeling it as a product. And let me ask you the question, if you focus on applying the quality principle to the product and the service that you're currently selling, what would you change? What could be made better? And how would you change it? And maybe what else would you have to change? In other words, would this first change, would the initial change make it necessary to make additional changes down the line? I know sometimes if you just change one thing, it has sort of a domino effect that you would have to change several other things in order for all of those those components to work well together. If you did that, would you have to charge more, or would you possibly have to work smarter if you implemented some quality changes? I think when you really get right down to it, though, the I mean, I looked at my business from the product side of it first, but when I really thought about it, it's really the little things that have had the biggest impact. So I've been in business for over 20 years, and I can tell you that if you ask the average, my average client, what they enjoy about doing business with me, a lot of the things that they'll tell you have more to do with working with me than they do anything else. And you know, I would love for people to say, "Oh, Jim has the absolutely best of the best products, or the best of the best services," or, or you know, something along those lines, along the product lines. But most of the time, people tell me, you know, I love working with you because you go the extra mile, you explain things, and And you really make sure that we have a handle on what it is that we're doing. I like the way that you're able to figure things out for for my specific business. And I get a lot of that. And when I really looked at the big picture, when I looked at the whole of it, I realized that what most of us do, there is a a scientific side and there's an artistic side to it. When we look at the 2 plus 2 equals 4 components, of anything, there's usually a right way and a wrong way to do something. There's usually the base, and that's the same, two plus two equals four, whether we're applying it to something basic or whether we're applying it to rocket science, that formula never changes. And when we're talking about business, there's a lot of basics that you have to make sure that you have your I's dotted and your T's crossed, to say the least, to have a successful business. But then there's the artistic side of the business, uh, the, the way we style certain things, the way we present certain things, and that's the other side. And I think both of those things have to be working together. But unfortunately, today we have a lot of, well, let me not go down the negative side anymore. Let, let's keep focusing on the on the positive. I think the little things will have the biggest impact and small changes can have a ripple effect in a positive way down the line for you. It's the attention to details, uh, certain details that seem to have the most impact on what our experience is like. I remember going for the very first time. I was probably about 12 years old, and we went to this historic restaurant that was probably about 100 years old at the time. It's still there in the uh, French Quarter in New Orleans. It's called Anton's, and the list of people that have been there Right, presidents and premiers and famous people from history all had dinner there, and so when I was there, but this is for the first time back in the eighties, I wasn't used to several people waiting on my table at a time, and usually they bring out warm bread or something like that for you to munch on while you're looking through the menu, and I remember the crumbs falling on the linens and how somebody would come by. Specifically just to pick those crumbs up. I mean, it was just five-star service all of, the, all of the way. And I never had, I had a, one experience close to that. Um, and now we're talking about the 80s. That's a long time ago. So two places that stand out in my mind that fit that criteria of attention to detail. Now, I'm sure that somebody would say, at least in the restaurant business, you know how much we would have to charge? to be able to provide that kind of service. But it's not so much that they picked up the crumbs on the linens before the next course was available. Uh, it's not that when you know I, I drank half a cup of water, somebody was there immediately to fill it back up again. It wasn't any of those things. Or, or when my coat came, they did the same thing. It wasn't so much that, those specific things, but it was the overall experience, the attention to detail created. It was a wonderful kind of experience. <clears throat> now, one of the things that I've thought about in my own business over time, and this was long before this is when I started, one of the things that I learned is the attention to detail principle. There is a personalized experience that you can provide or not provide for the people you're doing business with. For example, in the digital space, I take the time to record. Videos, not with every single customer, but for people that have questions and they ask. In other words, if somebody's not asking for any help or somebody's not interacting with me at all, sometimes certain clients only have a certain amount of interest in digital marketing. Even though it's a big part of their business, much of their focus is elsewhere. They just want to know what you're going to do, how you're going to do it sometimes, how much it's going to cost all the time, and then just let me know when you're done. Let me know when you have some results to share. And they don't want to know anything else. But other times people are more inquisitive and they want to know, well, what exactly, how does your approach to something like, let's say, SEO or social media marketing or email newsletters, how does, how does that go? And when somebody asks a question like that in the past, I've always taken the time to create a brief video tutorial just for that person. And walk them through how it will work and how it will work for their business specifically. And I have to tell you that 99 out of 100 times, people come back to me and they'll say, I really appreciate you taking the time to explain all that. And when I go a little bit further after I know them a little bit better, I learn that no one ever does that. No one really goes the extra mile. So businesses and individuals who pay attention to detail, they will stand out. Now the problem is if you get really busy stopping to create custom video walkthroughs or custom tutorials all of those things become time consuming whether you're recording them whether they're a combination of audio and video or written and, and video especially if you're editing things for that extra bit of professionalism in that case in order to maintain that if you're busy you'd eventually have to go with pre-recorded videos that are made for this purpose. And then if you wanted to, you could always record a custom intro on a client-by-client basis to give it that custom feel. Even if it's just a 15-second intro, calling out the client by name, hey, this is me, and I just wanted to share some information that I think will help you with our upcoming project. And you know, if you did something like that, then editing a 15-second video or combining it with other pre-recorded materials and combining it, that'll be a lot faster than sitting down and, let's say, recording a brand new 10-minute walkthrough or five-minute walkthrough and then having to edit and upload and do all that. So time definitely becomes an issue here. In the big picture overview, making something that is consistently good, providing a service that's consistently, let's say, superior or above average, exceeding people's expectations, the very first steps that you're going to have to take are going to involve having some kind of written out process that you can record and follow for yourself. Even if at the very least it's a checklist, it will be something that you can follow. And this brings us back to the one-to-many concept. If you turn your knowledge, if you turn your insights into a written curriculum of sorts, or a group of tutorials. Or the the idea here is that everyone will get the same quality of information. And the reason is, is because it's all pre-written, it's all pre-recorded. It's already available to go. It's already in an autoresponder, for example. It's not something that you're going to do from scratch each and every time. And think about the advantages of this. If you have, I hate to call it a curriculum because I kind of that word kind of boxes us into. Let's say the educational realm of things but really a lot of what any of us do when we're communicating with clients and customers or prospects would fall under that classification of educational because people have questions and we're there to answer their questions people have a lack of understanding and we're there to show them or help them understand how the step-by-step process works whenever anyone is going to spend some money a significant amount of money be it hundreds or even of th- especially thousands of dollars They're going to want to make sure that they're investing their money and they're going to get the very best solution, the the very best return on that investment as possible. And it's your job as a product creator, as a service provider, as a combination of both of those to be able to answer all of the questions, to be able to respond to any potential concerns or objections, and to do it fluently and effectively. So if you already have a process down that you can give that person that explains everything, that answers all of their questions, then you're not having to repeat yourself over and over again. And also consider this. Are there days where you're not really at peak energy, at peak focus? What happens if someone has what's an important conversation to them with you on a day when you're low energy? Are you going to give them the same quality responses maybe that you would have given them on another day? Because just like anything else, you know, we vary from day to day. Some days we, we have more energy, more focus than we have other days. Other days we're just simply exhausted and going through the motions. But by having this type of critical information, pre-written, pre-recorded and available for each and every one of your customers or clients who ask for it, then the experience that you're providing them information-wise is going to be consistent all the way across the board, regardless of how you feel on any given day regardless of how busy or how not busy you happen to be. And if you have a checklist and you are talking with someone live, it's great that you can refer back to these pre-written points where you can go over everything from start to finish and not forget or leave something out, which, as it turns out in the end, is something of importance. And so, you know, depending on the job, depending on what you're selling, a simple checklist or maybe a detailed one, maybe what you need in order to create consistent, positive change in your business. Or maybe you need pre-recorded, pre-written materials, like I just mentioned. But you get the idea here. A little bit will go a very long way. These small details that you add, it may feel like, you know, this is really going to make a difference. Believe me, expectations right now, what people are expecting, they're not expecting you to deliver this incredible experience. So if you give them an experience that's not just another average, here's just another service provider, here's just another throwaway product that I'm buying, if you give them something above and beyond that, believe me, you're going to stand out. And the ripple effect that will have in your business in the years to come can be significant. So I guess you get the idea a little bit will really go a long way here. And if you want to take the time to send me an email with your thoughts on how this could change or affect your own business in a positive way, please, by all means, do so. Go ahead and send me an email. You can reach me through my main website at jimgalliano.com. That's J-I-M-G-A-L-I-A-N-O, jimgaleano.com. And I read each and every email that comes through that website. So I will most definitely take the time to respond to you. And it will not be a pre-written email. <laughs> now, I wouldn't tell you that if people were bombing my inbox with questions all the time. So that's why I'm putting that out there now, because it's not the case. All right, that's about all for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, if you think it will help a friend, please go ahead and share the episode link with them, or you can send them directly to jimgallianocom forward slash podcast. And I'm back to getting ready for this episode incoming hurricanes. So I'm going to put the bookmarker in it there. I'll see you on the other side. I hope you have a great rest of your week wherever you are, and I'll talk to you later.